Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed. Oh, guys, here we are, another Friday, another episode, um, another episode in our um, Teacher Appreciation Month, our series for the month of May, you guys. It has been such a wonderful treat to interview all these teachers, and I'm just so excited. Our last two teachers were wonderful, and I just, I'm so appreciative of them as human beings and as teachers, so I'm just excited that we're able to take this month and take a little bit of time to um, spend a special special shout-out to all the there's teachers around there. Um, if you are in school right now, if you're a student or if you're a teacher, go ahead and take the time to appreciate them because, um, you know, they help shape our lives, whether we know it or not. So that's what we're doing here at Passion Project. If you are new to the show, welcome. Um, I'm so appreciative that you took the time out of your day to listen to it. If you are just listening to this one, of course, share it with all your friends and family. If you enjoyed it, uh, you got to spread the word out as much as possible for everyone, a- anyone and anyone, everywhere. Every- well, I can't even speak tonight, you guys. Uh, anyone and everywhere to listen to the show, I would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, if you haven't yet, follow us on social media passionproject.pod all of that in the description below also if you guys don't know we do have a website um the link down below in the description www.passionprojectpod.org we would love um for you guys to check that out if you're listening to us on itunes um please leave us a star rating and a uh review we'd uh greatly greatly appreciate that um also you can find us on if you're not aware you can find us on other podcast platforms among apple spotify google podcasts and soundcloud as well all of that on our website uh, all of that below so thank you guys for tuning in i'm i'm just I love doing this show and I hope to continue it as much as I can uh, in the future as well. So this week on Passion Project, we have, uh, you guys, just such a wonderful guest, a wonderful, incredible, kind human being. It has been such a pleasure getting to know her the past six or seven years or so. Um, Her name is Rachel Vasquez. Um, She is currently an ESL teacher in Chicago, you guys. Um, she has been uh, friends with my wife for a very long time, which um, you guys will hear right away. We get into that pretty quickly, of course. Um, but uh, if you don't know what an ESL teacher is, she basically uh, teaches English to speakers of other languages um, that that know uh, that have other languages. And we get to talk about like what an ESL teacher is and what she does Uh, but she also just has a really amazing story and um, I'm just excited for you guys to hear about why she's passionate about it so without further ado you guys here is episode 49 Woo, 49 we're almost there to 50 episode 49 with Rachel Vasquez on Passion Project planning on staying because after his one year you're not are you guys planning on moving somewhere else not sure not sure we're open um we really like Chicago yay we have a good community here so far mm-hmm. but we just kind started of, going to church finally yeah, yeah that's so, exciting yeah. 
Yeah, I can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, so we have a great community here. We love our church um, and the people that we're with. But the one of the things about living or being in school for Chevy right now is that everybody's going to go do their own thing after they graduate. Yeah. So we already have friends who are moving away, different states right. and stuff like that. Right. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It is good to live like, like, it's 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 hard when you're in school and also like not in a point where it's like settled it's like you're constantly having to think about like what's next and like um I think kind of a good thing for us is that like it's four years so at least we can kind of just stay there but Mm -hmm. stay in this moment for four years but I think unfortunately COVID also has been like this time where we've been forced to like only think about right now (laughs) like right now in a good and bad way like I feel like it's been like we can't really like I think we're starting now to like make plans for the for future things but last year it was like what are we (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll just stay home (laughs) forever Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I don't I don't know how all of that goes together but (laughs) in my brain it does Well, Rachel Vasquez, I'm so excited that you are able to do this and took the time to do this. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) I wish I could say we go way back, but we really don't. But you and my wife go way back. So I guess like, like, you know, in a way we do go way back. (laughs) Yeah, I mean emotionally we go way back. yeah 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 absolutely mm-hmm. spiritually um, exactly. <laughs> um for for those of you that don't know Rachel and my wife Catherine I, I think it's second grade right first grade we were in oh, the same first class. grade mm-hmm. yeah because I always tell her because my friend John who you know um mm-hmm. John Barry yeah Barry I've known him we were talking a couple weeks ago we've known each other like 18 years which is insane mm-hmm. um and then Kat was like yeah I think I've known Rachel like more than that. <laughs> yeah I mean we were we were six in first grade so what were like years what were like do you have vivid memories of that first grade experience with her or no I don't I think my memories with Catherine start when I moved into her neighborhood which was third grade. So we were in the okay. same class in first grade, Miss Streshley. Um, mm. and, and then we, I moved into our neighborhood in third grade. And I think that's when I have my memories of, of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know if you know this about her. You probably do, because you probably know more than me. Um, but her first memory ever is like three years old. Um, wow. I know, that's isn't that crazy? crazy? Yeah. That's kind of how, how Chevy, my husband is, um, I don't know if I have to introduce him on here, but that he had, he can remember from three years old. And I was like, I can barely remember any elementary school. I, it's so weird. I've talked about it before on the show about how, like, I don't know if it's like pictures I've seen or if it's an actual memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I have like little things here and there, but I always tell people like, I don't really have that great of a memory, but I didn't like go through, like, there's no trauma or anything, like, right. especially yeah. working in mental health. I'm always like, no, I'm really, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. 
didn't hold on to anything. Yep. Yeah, right. All, all my friends are like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> wow. I feel like in every couple, there's one who has this memory and then there's one who doesn't remember anything. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into a thing. Like, I remember this. And I'm like, no, I actually well, do remember something. <laughs> it's funny you say that because with Kat and I, it's, it's like on day-to-day basis especially while she's in school she's Mm -hmm. only really because she just finished um it's she's only really thinking about that so even Mm. with like dates and stuff or like Uh oh yeah we're doing this this weekend or you know whatever it's she she's like wait what do we do oh yeah we scheduled that I'm like (laughs) yeah 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 you don't you remember we talked about this like two months ago (laughs) so yeah same thing stuff like that is like what but then she'll have a memory from three and I'm like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so um you know we're I I, as much as I know we met each other in college is we went to the same school a lot of people for on this show I think I've joked around how I said I think I should just name this like friends from college um, (laughs) because that's like all it is some Mm -hmm. even like professors from because I've had professors on from college so um yeah, you were, you were like the guy in college. You oh, were like that it got yeah, like every every <laughs> time you go to the library, you would have to say hi to like 17 of your closest friends. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I kept a running <laughs> list, but um it's somewhere in my head. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but so I, I I I say all this to say that I do, I mean, we're 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 close but I don't know if I know much about your your history I know somewhat um so I'm excited to get into that a little bit because <laughs> it's funny even though like you've known Kat forever it's like like we only just met in in college and then and then mm-hmm. um of course you were in our wedding and all those fun things um unfortunately due to COVID I wasn't able to go to your wedding I'm so sorry I know <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not, I'm really not upset about it. Like I totally get it, but, <laughs> but I would have sang at your wedding. Like, that's all I wanted to say. Like, Sarah, Sarah and I would have sang. <laughs> I wanted you to like be the host at the reception. You should have just been there and been like telling everyone what to do. Well, yeah. thankfully I got like a little of it out at my sister's wedding. Like I was yeah. able to like speak a little bit and um it wasn't like you know per se like in the schedule but I took the mic and it was you know I made people laugh so that's really what matters Um, it was still their day I guess you know (laughs) um but yeah so I'm excited to know I think the first I always like to start with history and stuff but were you born in Richmond I was not actually okay I didn't I, think so because mm-hmm. before I was thinking I was like I don't think she was but please tell me things about your background <laughs> I was um born in the midwest and back oh. here now I was born outside of Indianapolis okay. and um lived there until I was five and then my dad got a job in Virginia so we moved there so I Is always that a told everybody transition for you I don't remember. You don't remember. It. Yeah. yeah. And again, I going back to memories. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wasn't in school before I went. So I remember like the big things like starting kindergarten and stuff like that mm-hmm. was in Virginia. So I don't have a lot of when I was in Indiana. And honestly, I think a lot of my memories in Indiana were from visits back. Like we would go back and visit because my grandparents still live there. 
And so we would do things there. And I think that's most of my memories in, in Indiana. Um, so I would always tell everyone I was from Richmond, from Virginia. Right. And then I moved here and then I'm like, actually, I was born in Indiana. <laughs> but I'm like, wait, where did this come from? What, so tell, what is there to do in Indiana now? <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, the town that my family is from is called Plainfield. Okay. And um, that, that's pretty that self-explanatory. Yeah. Sums it up. Yeah. Plain fields there. My mom used to go corning, um, mm. where you <laughs> sit in the ditch on the side of the road and throw corn at cars. <laughs> <laughs> Except she went corning one time when she had crutches and all of her friends ditched her and the car oh. came to a stop like he was angry that people were throwing corn right, at the right. car and he was just like ah not worth it she's right. on crutches and <laughs> just right. drove away honestly knowing your mom now I'm not surprised she did that oh yeah absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm. that's amazing and, and like what else are you gonna do I guess in like a small town country town like yeah um, I guess throwing corn is what you do. Honestly, it sounds like fun, but you can't do that in a big city. Like I know that's so dangerous. <laughs> I don't think I was ever ever had the adventurous spirit that my mom had. Well, also, I mean, listen, it was a different time too. Like there was no phones. There was no mm-hmm. like. I'm sure her parents weren't um, thinking about her as much as yeah. <laughs> as our parents were. I mean that in the best way possible. Yes. But. <laughs> you know exactly oh, yeah there was so much about. other things to do and worry about and yeah think yeah. about mm-hmm. that's so funny because I feel like some people like if they were if some mo- I, I I'm I'm gonna venture to say most Americans don't even know where Indiana is <laughs> and um which I guess is a shame I don't know I've never been there so <laughs> yeah there's there's not much to do and I really didn't appreciate it as a child because all of our vacations like we didn't travel our vacations were to visit our grandparents Mm -hmm. which was great that they live they still live 10 minutes from each other like my mom's mom and my dad's parents they live not too far from each other so both your parents are from there yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah both my parents are from there grew up not too far from each other that that was probably a big transition for them to move to Virginia oh yeah oh yeah I bet it was my mom said that she was always the one the homebody who wanted to be close Mm -hmm. to home was really close with her parents with her mom and wanted to be close and then she ended up being the like child that was farthest away (laughs) which was hard for her but um yeah I think we had Mm-hmm. a different childhood because of it and mm-hmm. I think it helped us to connect better with a church family because we didn't mm-hmm. have family close by right, right. and um, that was yeah that was like our family growing up was our church family and mm-hmm. we had a great one and Cat yeah. ended up actually going to our church being yeah. part of that. Mm-hmm. well speaking of like Richmond and friends like I guess Virginia and Richmond like really shaped like who you are. Like, do you think Mm -hmm. about that sometimes of like how, cause really living, I guess, I wonder if even 
sometimes I'll talk to military kids or even mm-hmm. missionary kids and because they move around a lot and they wonder they never really feel this sense of like a city really raising them but did you feel like Richmond yeah. really did like that was the place you like obviously it was the place you grew up in but mm-hmm. like do you look back and you're like oh yeah I guess it like that they, that city did raise me yeah I think just the opportunities and even the diversity in Richmond is way different than it would have been in Plainfield, Indiana. (laughs) Like, honestly. Like, imagine how different your life would have been, too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I had a chance to go to an IB school. I had a chance Mm. to be around people from all different cultures, refugees, like, Even the church that I was in was not super diverse, but it was more right. diverse than my grandparents' church back right. in, in Plainfield, mm-hmm. um, just because of the where we were living. And I mm-hmm. think that really, um, I don't know, even opportunities in the church to go overseas mm-hmm. eventually. And that's where I met my husband, Chevy, yes. and like things like that well, Sebastian come on let's use his real name oh my goodness <laughs> I'm just kidding it's so it's so formal for me to use Sebastian but moving here I, Seb. To... I mean he does not like that <laughs> I think I don't like that for him well it's funny I equate it now to La La Land because that's who mm. um, Ryan Gosling's um yes. which may, I mean maybe that's a bad thing but... <laughs> um so uh, things like that would not have been opportunities that I would have had in right. where I would have, where my parents grew up and they didn't have those opportunities. And so mm. I think it was just really cool that right. um, I was able to have that just because of where we lived, even though it wasn't the most comfortable thing for my parents or even mm-hmm. moving three kids across the country away yeah. from their parents. Was your sister born already? Yes, my sister yeah. was three. Okay. I was yeah. five and my brother was seven. Okay. Do you remember it at all or have you guys talked about it like your brother saying that it was a bit hard for him? Um I don't remember honestly mm-hmm. if we even talked about it. I remember my sister having a hard time. Interesting. With it, just mm-hmm. not in more of an emotional sense, but more of a like she didn't know that we were far away right she kept asking to go over to her friend's house and like Mm -hmm. wanting to play with them and then my mom was like no we're Mm -hmm. we're not there anymore (laughs) right we can drive however many hours but (laughs) she didn't get it she was like why do they keep saying no that i can't hang out with my friend and well there's definitely a sense of when you're younger like not knowing how much time like things mm-hmm. like time is so um just not knowing any sense of time like oh yeah an hour to a kid is probably like you know five hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and or whatever um and 15 minutes can sometimes if a kid has a big imagination 15 minutes can seem like an hour but <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <It definitely. laughs> yeah I also I mean it's interesting to as we've as we've gotten older of like looking back and and um yeah looking back on like where you grew up and like how you say like those opportunities that Richmond provided for you like you don't really think about that growing up like how much did you think about that it was just like what you 
new. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's interesting and fascinating. Of course, like you said, it just there's so many factors to your story that what I know that like if you had not done this one thing, like you wouldn't be where you are today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And growing up in Richmond is one of them. I mean, obviously, it's so out of your control when you're a kid. Like you were just moved there, but um, it's just so like, what if your parents had moved again? Like, how crazy would have would that have been? It's so so really it's just really cool I'm I'm constantly thankful that I grew up in Richmond like every day I'm like I loved that city and like I loved the experiences that I got to have and I just hope as much as I love other the city that you're in and the city which is Chicago in case we haven't said already (laughs) an incredible city (laughs) and I love the city I'm in too but um there's something about Richmond. I don't know. Maybe it's just we're biased. I don't know. <laughs> it has so many, so many memories tied to it. And yeah. You yeah. know, it really yeah. does. Yeah. And I guess it's that. It's also like nostalgia, too. It's like looking back and being like, oh, there's so many things that happened there. Um, I want to talk about being a middle child because <laughs> I'm well my sister obviously my sister's a middle child and but she like really acts like the oldest child <laughs> yes and I think we've talked about this how it's similar right in your family yeah did you feel like any of those like middle child like tropes I guess or like tendons or, or what was your like dynamic like with your siblings um I do, I feel like in terms of personality, I was always more of the bossy one <laughs> than, and kind of took on that, like, I'm in charge. I know what to do. I'll tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and even though I was the middle child, I was just more, I don't know, would, would do that. I think the the one middle child thing that I really connect with and really experience mm-hmm. was more not even to do with like specifically just being the middle child, but my family right. um, is that my brother, when he was born, um, was born with uh, something called hydrocephalus, which is mm-hmm. fluid around the brain. And so he had to have a lot of surgeries on his head to put Mm -hmm. something called a shunt in and um, so he spent a lot of time even up until I think his last surgery that he had was in fourth grade um, in the hospital Mm -hmm. like I remember he spent a birthday there he would spend like a couple days or a week there and um, my sister as well my sister in first grade was was not doing well in school and was diagnosed with dyslexia and had to be pulled out and had a Mm. private tutor and um, Mm. you know figuring out how to learn and stuff like that and me I was a little bit more didn't have those needs Mm. was a little bit Mm. more independent was able to do my work by myself my mom even remembers like I never asked for help or needed help Mm -hmm. with homework even and um, so me being more self-sufficient, I guess you mm-hmm. would say not obviously not self-sufficient at seven, eight years old, but <laughs> you were like cooking all the meals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the grocery store, guys. Bye. Um, You're like driving your siblings places at seven. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, feeling that like, 
oh, they had the attention and I don't mm. have as much mm. attention, which I didn't need as much attention, but definitely feeling that like, oh, you know, they yeah. get all the attention, except it was like, not the attention that you want. Like, right. <laughs> oh, I remember he would get lots of um, stuffed animals when he was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. why? I want to break something. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go to the hospital so I can get mm-hmm. some toys because he gets the toys in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then my sister was pulled out of school. So she got to be homeschooled for almost a year. And I was like, she gets to go to the grocery store with mom and like, she gets to go hang out with mom mm-hmm. all day and be at home and I have to go to school. Like, mm-hmm. why is that, you know, yeah. unfair? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I should, we should say too, you have an older brother and a younger sister, mm-hmm. if we didn't mention that. Um, but it's fascinating that those things are like actual medical issues and not like, just your parents like quote unquote favoring them it's not like it's interesting well I didn't even know that about either of them and um it's just in that it it, it's not even yeah it's it uh, so much of that is out of your parents control of like we just have to tend for like our children exactly like Mm -hmm. so but I think I, I, I guess often middle children, it, it, it can be hard because I think it's, I wonder if it's even harder when there's three because, mm-hmm. um, because there, it's almost like when you have like at our school at Liberty that you had three roommates in a room, at least because right. uh, you had three, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's always when there's always three, there's always two that are like best friends forever. Yeah. And then the third one is like, uh, what about me? <laughs> And it's all, it's it, when there's always an uneven number, which is why I've told Kat I want four children. Not really, but mm. um, <laughs> no. when there's three. That. Yeah, 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 right, right. <laughs> we can dissect that later. Um, when there's three, it's like the oldest, at least in your case, I, I, I could see like the oldest. I mean, it, it's different because it was a medical thing too, right. but like the oldest is like, oh, firstborn, like I have to, like we have to take care of them as much as possible. Maybe like there's pressure and responsibility on an, a firstborn, of course. And then the middle child, okay, well, obviously we have to show that we love this one just as much as the second. And then the third is like, well, baby of the family, like we have right. to, and then I could see how the middle one could get forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing you did feel some of those things, even if it wasn't just about their medical conditions. Yeah. 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 So fascinating. Fascinating. I know. I wonder where I'm going to ask you a teacher question just about that. Like, do do you see any of those influences as the middle child, like seeping into your teaching, like day-to-day teaching life at all? Um, I think I'm definitely more aware of the quiet kids because mm-hmm. I was a quiet kid and that was one of the reasons why I think I maybe felt overlooked at some points mm-hmm. because in a classroom, obviously the child who is acting out and, you know, making these dramatic displays for affection um, is is going to need immediate attention Um, that has to be taken care of for learning to happen and as well those um, 
kids who are exceeding sometimes get bored with what they're doing and um, need more challenging activities and maybe that takes a little bit more time and um, and so those ones who are just kind of doing what they need to do and floating along I think don't get the one-on-one attention Mm -hmm. in the classroom simply because there's not time for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that I love that I do is because I pull out groups for ESL, I'm able to pull out some of those kids and they feel special. They feel Mm -hmm. like they're in a special group. They get to go with Miss Vasquez. We get to go to my room. They'll get their sticker. Honestly, like best last name ever. I just got to say, like, (laughs) it's such a great last name. (laughs) Anyway, continue. I love it. My coworkers have just now started to pronounce my name correctly. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. called me Vasquez all year. And I was <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not, I have to, I've never had to really correct people with my last name. Right. My maiden name was Rob and it was pretty yeah. easy to pronounce and spell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you could say robe, but <laughs> no, I got that maybe like twice but Mm. in all my years like wasn't really a problem I did want to ask I did want to say um I think it's great that you can yeah provide that for um those kids that you work with obviously we're going to get into like what you do specifically and all of that but I wonder as you were talking I was just thinking about how with being a middle child and like maybe you're of course your brother may be having to go out of school with medical issues and your sister Mm -hmm. then having to be homeschooled like how much did you seek like solace and home or like haven at school like how much of that like did you do you think about that at all like was that is that true or (laughs) oh yeah absolutely and I would say I mean I wasn't the most social of children Mm -hmm. I had some I had friends in the class but the the person that like made school for me was always my teacher mm-hmm. like hands down whoever my teacher was like I was attached to them I wanted them like um that was where I felt I knew what to do I mm-hmm. was appreciate I was praised for my work you know yeah. I felt like I I could do whatever and um you know I love that yeah mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons third grade, I decided I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Once I got into middle and high school and realized how um, crazy some kids can be. I was like, I'm never teaching. I can't <laughs> do this. I, and I swore I would never be a teacher because I saw how some kids behaved. And I was yeah. like, I don't want that job. Um, but then, then the Lord brought it back to me in high mm-hmm. school. So. Well, I wonder too, do you ever think about like, if you, A, like were, weren't a middle child or, or B, like if those things hadn't happened to your siblings, like maybe you wouldn't be a teacher or like, I mean, obviously there's so many other things that um, factor into you going and what you're doing, but I just wonder if even those influences, because you're so much, I mean, for a certain to a certain respect, uh, respect, um, kids spend way more of their time at school anyway than they do at home. Um, sometimes. Um, so I don't know. I just, just, I wonder if you've ever thought about that. Like, Oh, if these things didn't happen, maybe I wouldn't have had like seeked like my teacher's approval or whatever it may be like loving my teachers as much. And maybe I wouldn't have gone into that. Is that 
Have yeah. you ever thought about that? I mean, I mean, definitely. I also yeah. think it was just part of the reason that I was more independent as a middle child mm-hmm. was just mm-hmm. the abilities that the Lord gave me to excel in school. Yeah. And those things coupled with, you know, I was praised at school. This was what I was good at. My mm-hmm. teachers always, like, I, I didn't act out. My teachers loved mm-hmm. me. That was like, oh, I'm doing something right. I'm having, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting attention mm-hmm. positively. I don't know. Yeah. Not yeah. that I didn't get them from my parents. I for sure yeah. did. Yeah. But, yeah. but children will take like attention anywhere. So <laughs> I had a positive, positive experience at school mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. And a lot of teachers go into teaching because they had a negative experience Mm -hmm. and they wanted to be better than that, or they wanted to do a better job, but I had a really positive experience from a young age. And so I always saw it as um, something great to do. Mm. So let's talk about like, you you mentioned like from an early age, you did want to go into teaching and then like, what was, and then there was a time where you didn't and then you came back, but like, what was that journey like for you? And like, because everyone's story is so specific and only, of course, you can only talk about like your own journey, but what did that look like as far as like wanting to do it and then not? And yeah, how was that like for you? Yeah, I um from elementary school I loved my teachers I loved going to school I you know loved the work that they gave me and learning and reading and Mm -hmm. and everything um my one teacher that had the biggest impact on me was Mrs. Elsie and she was my third grade teacher and she actually recommended to my parents that they send me to a different school because the school that I was at was not going to challenge me where I needed to be challenged. And uh, my parents talked about it, talked with me about it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So I ended up going (laughs) to a gifted program at another school for fourth and fifth grade. For fourth and fifth. Okay. For fourth and fifth grade. Well, I thought you were going to say it was during third. So I was going to say, how much did you miss Miss Elsie? But then uh, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for for the next school year. Um, I'm still friends with Miss Elsie on Facebook. She's still coming. That's great. (laughs) Shout out to Miss Elsie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And. And then ended up going to a... Wait, I want to ask you something about the gifted program. Did you see in fourth and fifth grade, like, a big shift in the way they did things? Like, how, that it was, like, really different or challenging? Like... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There were... um, I remember my mom actually being sad one time because she came in and we were doing this really cool activity where you actually made a, a camera... Uh, like they had a dark room they had we had like these um cardboard things and we Mm -hmm. used a mirror and actually went outside and took a picture and I remember my mom being actually really upset and I was like mom Mm -hmm. this is so fun like and she was like this is great that you have this opportunity but a lot of kids will never get this like Mm -hmm. the only reason that that I was able to do those really fun things was because I was in this program hmm. and they had the funding and they had the resources to be able to do those things. Right. Um, and, and I was like, 
I didn't even think about that. I thought this was what every school was kind mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. um, when it gets into fourth and fifth grade. And I also remember that in those grades, I switched classes between three teachers and that was new for me because my mm. school before didn't do that. And I was like, I feel like I'm in middle school. And <laughs> I got my, bat, my books and carried them to the right. other class. I felt so grown up. Mm. Well, how much even that experience, like, were you like, oh, mom, come on, like, this is just my, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is just fun. Like, yeah, I mean, she wasn't like upset at me or at the right. school. Right. She was just kind of knowing that my sister, because she had dys dyslexia would never get mm. teachers like right. this, would never get right. an experience like this, even though sometimes those are the people who need it the most to enjoy school to like, mm -hmm. you know, um, this may be a tangent, but I don't care. It's my show. Uh, <laughs> do you feel like things like that are changing in school? I don't know how much you can speak to that, but, um, like, do you think like opportunities like that, not even that specifically, but, um, maybe for people, because you, I, I guess that was early 2000s for you. So I don't know how much has changed as far as special. We actually, the first two weeks ago, the first episode of this month, we did have a special ed teacher on, but um, mm -hmm. I just wonder how, if you've noticed how, if a shift in that in the last, you know, since you've been in elementary. A shift in like access to these things? Yeah, I, I not necessarily. I know in lo lower income schools, it's very difficult um, because I do have a lot of friends that are in lower income areas. Um, but do you I wonder if there's like a f uh, like, do, do, do you guys talk about that a lot as teachers too? like how much you wish you could like give to these kids or anything like that? Does that make sense? I don't know if it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that I have really, really liked about this school year is I am in a lower income area on the south mm -hmm. side of Chicago. Um, it's a different population than I am used to. The school that I was at in um, in Spotsylvania, Virginia was more rural, middle class. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the students that I worked with were all pretty much first generation immigrants um, mm -hmm. as an ESL teacher. And they pretty much lived in the same area in this trailer park. You know, it wasn't, right. it wasn't high income, but it was different than it is here. Um, and one of the things that I absolutely adore is that I work at a charter school now. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in Virginia, I didn't even know what a charter school was. We yeah. didn't really have them in the areas that I grew up. The public school system was pretty good, I would say. I mean, mm -hmm. especially where I grew up in, in Henrico, the school system yeah. was solid. Um, mm -hmm. And here it's- Virginia is pretty intense too, as far as their like, their, um, what, what, what's the word? requirements to become a teacher anyway. So yeah, they're good. They're, they're, mm -hmm. their teaching is pretty good. Yeah, good quality I, 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 yeah. That, that they're SOLs and they're not doing the Common Core and stuff like that is really, I think, still a positive there. Um, but mm. here it's a lot different. I mean, having a school system with as many kids as you have in Chicago in one area, mm. it's, it just can't sustain it as well. So right. I didn't even seek out 
um, working at a charter school. They just um, had my job available and, and ended up working with this charter school. And the thing that is different between a charter school and a public school is they have more autonomy to make changes and do mm. things that they see fit to do. Mm. Um, which, is it more, is it so government funded? It is. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, but we can use a different curriculum and have different schedule and everything like that, mm -hmm. which during this year of the pandemic has been absolutely incredible. Right. Like they're being able to have autonomy and not relying on whatever Chicago public schools decides. Right. Right. Um, Chicago public schools actually decided to go back a little bit earlier and, um, a lot of people were getting sick and stuff like that. And our school was mm. like, no, we're going to wait off for a little bit and continue yeah. virtually. And they told us in November that we were going to be virtual until February, at least, which I know a lot of schools, public schools were back and forth, like yeah. hybrid, virtual. Oh no, too many people are getting sick. We have to go right. back and and I don't know when we're going to go back in person. I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but we were. Well, it's so hard because it's so different for every school. Like oh, every know. school is so different. So, and every state yeah. is different. So I know. And, yeah. and they can make a decision for just this school. And mm -hmm. there are actually two schools in our network, but um, yeah, so it, it was really nice. And some of those things, like even in, even in the school that I was at in Virginia, there wasn't one-to-one -one technology not every student had an iPad or a computer right. in elementary school, mm -hmm. which, you know, they don't, they didn't have to. Yeah. Or, yeah. And yeah. I remember there were students without internet in their homes and mm -hmm. couldn't even contact barely through a phone. And here our school has one-to-one -one technology. Like every scholar has their own iPad, their own tablet that they take. And um, every scholar, I love that. <laughs> oh, we call them scholars. It's very it. it wild to get into it, mm. but now people look at me weird when I say it. Um, yeah. It's just positive framing. For yeah, them, yeah. Um, to take well, responsibility for their own mm. education. You know the way you talk about it, it kind of sounds like a public-private school, mm -hmm. almost. It sounds like. Um, yeah, like you guys, it's still funded by, you know, taxpayer dollars, but it's like you guys kind of have the freedom to do what you want, almost. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true, but that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, the weeks, like the week before we went back to in-person, mm -hmm. which is a huge change, by the way, going from all virtual for six, seven months to right. in-person hybrid. Well, especially you as like, it's your first year there. So. Oh yeah. 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 It like needed a lot of preparation and a public school, you would have to stay after school to do that preparation, do all mm -hmm. the professional development you need or whatnot. You can't right. just change the schedule, but our school actually changed the schedule that week to have like half days for the students all week. So in the afternoons, wow. we could do that professional development. We could plan. We could meet together about technology. We could practice those things hmm. um, because 
they could because mm -hmm. we can do that. And yeah. the teachers, I mean, I feel really supported by my school mm -hmm. because of those yeah. things that they're like, no, the teachers actually need more prep time than mm -hmm. it would give us to just to do it after school, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, we're going to get in a little bit more with what you do specifically too, but I want to go back to also. So of course I know, like we mentioned your husband, Chevy Sebastian, who is wonderful, but um, he of course is from Mexico, which I mean, I, I say that of course, but uh, people listening to this probably don't know that. <laughs> Yeah, you look at me, your husband yeah, yeah. is yeah. from Mexico. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, <laughs> and I just, because you're, uh, uh, you do ESL teaching mm -hmm. and you do Spanish primarily is what I know of you, mm -hmm. because I, I, you know, I've, I don't know if I've ever really heard you speak that much Spanish <laughs> in the, you know, in the seven years I've known you, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I'll do um, my next podcast in Spanish. I'll go. Okay, great. Podcast, yeah, yeah I, I could totally understand it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I will do it together. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. My wife speaks Spanish too. And sometimes she will, she'll like, well, no, she doesn't like yell at me in Spanish, but um, she has like with you or with her mom, she'll like talk to you, you guys in Spanish. <laughs> if it's like something she doesn't want me to know, at least in yes. college, she did that. And that this was is like, the best the best part about being it's like, like a super it's like a it's being a superhero mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> yeah well I just um because uh, you know in preparing for this and in so much what I do to prepare for this which is like you know not that much but um <laughs> I did think about it a little bit in that because when when you first went to Mexico when you were like what like 13 or 16. 16 okay look mm -hmm. see I didn't even know that Debbie was 13 <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um see I knew there was a 13 somewhere yep. yeah <laughs> is that like how much like if you had not gone to Mexico like would you even be doing ESL now like would that be a thing if if that had happened like do you is that is um just like I don't know I, I, in preparing for this I was I was just thinking about how many things like have led up to like what you're doing now. And that's probably like a huge influence in the sense of, yes, you met your husband. Like that is a huge <laughs> thing. And also just like a crazy story that we could go off on <laughs> also, but because this is, you know, about your job, we're going to talk about that. But, <laughs> but also just like how if uh, it's crazy that like that one trip, like literally changed like what you're doing. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, first of all, just to premise it, it's all the Lord, the Lord knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't, you know, it was all orchestrated right. by the Lord. Um, mm. But, but yeah, I don't, I would not be where I was, where I am today without that first trip to Mexico. I would not, I mean. Which I assume you went with your church. I did. I went with my church and my church went with a mission board. So there were like on, in the group, there were a bunch of other churches from all over mm -hmm. um, that were there. And I ended up just randomly getting on a team for teaching English. There were a bunch of teams. Oh, wow. um, one of them, one of the teams was doing a sports camp. And that's actually the one that Chevy translated for. 
Um, so he was with that sports camp and that was where his church is and his dad works. Wow. Um, and one of them was doing an English, English camp for kids in this area. And um, we ended up going and I remember feeling so nervous. Mm. Um, one of the reasons you taught, you asked me about earlier, like how I went back and forth between teaching and not teaching. Mm-hmm. And the main reason why I said I would not teach was yes, the behavior problems of people and not being able to control them, right. but also just speaking in front of people. I was not having it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if they're children. To me, it was a big deal. Like, it was a big deal to get up in front and be like, I have the knowledge. I know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And as a... Well, especially at that age, like at 16 yeah. to know, like, yeah, I want to get up in front of people. Yeah. I, I was not, did not know what I was doing. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, and I think most people like it's something they think they could do, but then when they actually do it, it's like, oh yeah, no, this oh, yeah. is awful. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know plenty of teachers now actually who, when they get in front of other teachers or when they get in front of like adults, they are so nervous and they mm. don't know what to do. Yeah. Or a principal, yeah. right? Like, right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but, I interrupted you. <laughs> I know, but but teaching is like completely different thing. Mm. I, um, so let me ask you, actually, I'm going to pause and ask, like, what was at that time? Were you like, I want to do this? Or you were just like, like, was there a thing that you wanted to do? Or you were just like, I'm open. I don't know what I want to do, which is totally fine. Cause you were 16, but right. I <laughs> had no idea. Hmm. I had no idea. Um, honestly, I loved my art class in school. And I was like, maybe I can do something with this because I love it so much. I also had a great art teacher, um, Miss Baker Neal, shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm friends with all of these people on Facebook and communicate with them regularly. That's amazing. These are my people. I love my teachers. Right. Well, when you become a teacher, it's like, like, obviously. Yeah. Like Like these life changing people. Hmm. And I don't think of myself like that a lot. But maybe one day somebody will mm-hmm. think back on yeah. me, you know. And friend you on Facebook, yeah. if it's still there. Facebook. Who knows? <laughs> well, know. also too, yeah. like how much, uh, how much, like I think Spanish as a language is, it's like you know something that everyone, it's like an obligation sometimes as Americans, like oh yeah, we're gonna take Spanish, like that's what it, you know, like mm-hmm. to get our language credit. But like, how much was that? was that even like of interest to you as well? Like having another, learning another language? Mm-hmm. Um, I had already, so because of the international baccalaureate program I was in, in middle school, I had to start taking a language in sixth grade, which wasn't that oh much my goodness. than yeah. like, I mean, most middle schools, you take it in seventh grade or like you take one year or whatever, right. but I had to take it every year in, in middle school and I could take Spanish or French, Mm -hmm. um but I remember it was just a class and I was just good at it I don't know Mm -hmm. I I was able to pick up on it and say okay saying good at it for an 11 year old in sixth grade (laughs) you know but you were able to pick it up more quickly than maybe other 11 year olds right but also the fact that I did start learning at 11 years old is a huge advantage because mm-hmm. your right. language 
skills are still not solid mm-hmm. at that yeah. point. I can barely speak English. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, I'm 25, so. <laughs> so that impacted the fact that I had to take these classes and I started taking them. And so by the time I was 16, I had taken five years mm-hmm. of Spanish already. And I could, I was so not confident, even speaking in English, of course, much less in Spanish. But I remember being in situations where I couldn't communicate what I wanted and I couldn't mm-hmm. communicate my feelings or I couldn't, right. you know, couldn't understand what somebody was saying. And I think those experiences, honestly, were the ones that more than just, I taught English in another country. But Mm -hmm. experiencing language learning in a different environment, um, like language learning is so emotional. I Mm. mean, with the language comes a culture, comes a new way of thinking, comes an open door to a lot of things. And I remember how vulnerable, how scared I felt Mm -hmm. when I was in situations when I couldn't communicate what I needed, what I wanted, where I wanted to go, you know, when I couldn't do that. And I still had five years of Spanish, you know, right. I, I was not a newbie, but being able to use it, being able to feel confident in what I'm saying was a huge deal for me. And um, well, if you look at it, it's kind of like, be, it's like you're a five-year-old in Spanish, like, it's right. like, but you were 16, but in Spanish, you were five-year-old. So exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and being in that situation, I mean, I don't think that a lot of the students that I work with now at these ages come into contact with that at my school right Mm -hmm. now, most of them are second generation or third generation. Right. And so they've at least had some English input, um, growing Mm -hmm. up, just living in Chicago and um, have been able to express what they want and need. But when I worked with, um, I did part of my student teaching with middle schoolers, Mm. absolutely. Middle schoolers coming in, not speaking English, like it's vulnerable. Being Mm. in middle school is vulnerable. Yes, yes, there's so much going on, I could not. (laughs) But not being able to express yourself or like Mm. trying to say something and people are like, what are you Mm -hmm. saying? Right, right. Because um, to a certain extent, Spanish, I don't know if you agree, maybe this is way off the track, but it's like there are some things about it that are so that are close to English mm-hmm. that are like you could maybe say, but then I guess there are some things that are completely different. But sometimes you could say a phrase that sounds like kind of English and that, but then it's like just a little bit off. And then it's like, wait, what, what were you trying? I could see how that could get very confusing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely like trying to transfer from one to the other is more than just Mm. learning vocabulary it's a Mm. it's a whole it's a whole thing (laughs) what do you think is like the best like is there a best way to learn a language like is it just moving to a place and then like living there for three months or is it like like what is like uh, in your experience of like learning a different language because unfortunately I know nothing of other (laughs) languages so uh, <laughs> um I mean yeah moving there is absolutely <laughs> out of necessity 
And what is the, there's like a phrase, invention comes out of necessity or something. Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Like you have to do something. You have to go to the grocery store. Or father of invention. I mean, listen, it's 2021. Okay. okay. Right, right. <laughs> um, so that, but I would also say doing um, group classes or group mm. lessons more than just individual i mean we're an individual society we're like if i'm gonna learn a language i'm gonna do it by myself I'm right right whenever mm. i want to right? with this app i literally just saw an yeah. app the other day about a language app and i was like mm -hmm. it was actually kind of cool but i yeah you're so right the like best, the best part is to either be with groups like be mm. with a mixed group of people who are learning alongside you and people who are native speakers and the best way to do that is like a, an exchange. Um, if people want to learn English, you have something to give them being a native English speaker. And you mm. guys can have maybe an hour speaking in English, an hour speaking in French or whatever, mm. and sharing that. And that's also like how relationships are and how people learn languages yeah. before apps or before books. Right. You would just be there and... Um, and we actually did some of those things like that in in Mexico. I haven't seen anything exactly like that here in the US, but I mean, Facebook, there's probably right. groups of people who speak a yeah. language or like, you know. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that um is that something you remember even on that first trip of like, oh, this is vital to learn uh, for learning this the another language of like having that back and forth of kind of community almost? Yeah. Um, the one thing that I would say that changed in my language learning on that first trip was me saying, I'm not going to get anywhere if I don't try. <laughs> right. Because um, I had the knowledge. I had the book smarts. I could mm -hmm. write a page. I could write a paper mm -hmm. in Spanish. But if I'm not going to, if I'm going to have that, um, like emotional block, I'm not going to get there mm. with my speaking and being able to communicate. And it was kind of like, it's more than just a skill that I have. It's a relationship tool. Mm. And if I'm, if I just am reading and writing, I'm not going to have that relationship with the people here in Mexico. I'm not going to have that relationship with the people at home. Um, right and the friendships that I made on that first trip, so. Well, to a certain extent, like how much had come easy to you before, um, like in your life, in school, in whatever, not that that's, I mean, mm -hmm. in the sense of like, not that you didn't work hard, but like, it just like you were independent, like all these things that you were saying, like, right. it was, like you did well, like teachers mm -hmm. praise you, like all these things. And then you're like, oh wait, this is a thing I do enjoy, but I also do have to work at it. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder to like, and I think automatically you of uh, being married does this to you. I'm sure you've learned, but also being married to someone that is not from America, like how much you've had to think about other cultures and like learn from, I mean, obviously specifically um, mm -hmm. Hispanic Mexican culture of um, just like how, how just like getting outside of yourself mm -hmm. as an American and like learning about like how much, when did you, did you value that like automatically on the first trip or was it later that you 
kind of learned that of like, oh, this is important to me. Cause I, uh, from me knowing you, I know that's important to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I would say, so my family before I took this trip had never been outside of the U S had, mm-hmm. um, interacted with people of different cultures occasionally, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that I grew up around. It was something that maybe I was around at school, but I mean, pretty from Plainfield, Indiana. So um, right, right, right. Pretty sheltered. Um, pretty white <laughs> is yeah. what I'll say. Yeah. I'll I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where we're at. Um, <laughs> so I would say the first trip that I took, I was infatuated. I was like, mm. "This is so exciting! Everything they do is great. This is amazing!" Like we need to be more like them. Like they live like Mm -hmm. this and they're so nice and hospitable and we need to be more like them. And what are we as Americans? And, you know, Mm -hmm. the the mission trip. The, the, I I would go as far as say the angsty teen version of that. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And then as I continued going, because the next summer I went uh, to the same place for for two and a half weeks and the following summer I went for two months and then which was Oaxaca right or no yes okay and then I went um for four months and also developing my relationship with Chevy and some Mm. of the other people that I had met there I mean it's there was I think a point when I was like why do you guys do this like this why is it like <laughs> it's so long to wash clothes or why do you have mm-hmm. to I remember this one of the times when I was there I was like why don't you just buy the chicken already ready to cook why do you gotta buy the whole entire chicken <laughs> it. I oh man I miss America and mm-hmm. I remember having those don't you looking back you're like wow what a privileged thing to say <laughs> too right <laughs> yeah I, w- I remember being like like this is not um like how america does it the word like efficient this is not efficient Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. why are things not efficient why does it take so long to get this paperwork done blah 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 Mm -hmm. why is this not what they value because this is what we value and that's such a good thing like america is so efficient to a fault like that's literally america in a phrase i feel like yeah it's like (laughs) why why can't i just go pick up something to eat why Mm -hmm. do i have to just get all the ingredients and have to like there's literally not an option right i so there was where was fast food invented america right like (laughs) it was a swing back the other way because it had been like everything about this place is great these people are amazing uh like we need to be more like them to like, Mm -hmm. these things are not, (laughs) it's not all perfect. Uh, And now I think I've come back to the middle and, and Chevy and I are both walked that line of, um, there are some things about American culture that are not beneficial. And Mm. there are some things about Mexican culture that is not beneficial to our walk with the lord to our Mm. relationship with each other to our community um and not just beneficial like there are some things that it's not a right or wrong it's just Mm. two different ways of looking at it and we have to come to a 
middle ground mm-hmm. of where are we going to stand in this? Um, right. And I feel like a lot of times those are things that I have not encountered in other relationships because <laughs> yep. people pretty much see things the way that I do. I'm like, of course you would spend <laughs> five extra dollars to get chicken that's yeah. like, ready to cook. <laughs> I mean, like, is Chevy going to get chickens in Chicago? <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he would. He, for sure would. Yeah. I would not and like cut it in your kitchen and yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that we've we've had to it's it's tough, you know, marriage is yeah. tough. Figuring yeah. out those things, even if you're from the same culture is Right. It's, it, 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 I was going to say like, even like Kat and I grew up in the same town. We grew up, our families were very similar, but I mean, we're completely different people. So that is of a, but you know, like we've had people on here, like my cousin and his, uh, and her husband are American and Canadian. Like even that is completely different, but, uh, I mean, similar, more similar than I'd say probably you and Chevy, but, um, I look at it as someone that, I mean, of course with, all everything that with um, the civil rights and black lives matter movement that happened last year, like just thinking about, I'm just so much more aware of just like thinking about other cultures and like, like getting outside of my like white bubble (laughs) of everything. And also I I look at it and I, I mean this in the nicest way possible of like, it's such a, I feel it's such a blessing for you to like experience that. (laughs) And it's like, like, I will never, I mean, I love my wife and I'm so glad I married her, but I will never get to know a different culture, a different thing. And obviously that was my choice of uh, just that intimately and know that. And, and obviously I can do as much educating and research that I can, but um, I don't know. I think, I think it's just so awesome and so cool. Uh, I'm sure there are days where you don't feel that (laughs) because you are married, (laughs) but, um, and marriage is a lot of work as we've said. Um, But yeah, that's as from the third party that isn't inside your marriage. I'm like, wow, that I just think it's, I'm like, man, that's so cool. But I could definitely see because it's like you said, it's hard. Even, you know, if you're from Texas and marry some from someone from New York, like New York city, like that's Mm -hmm. completely different too. So, yeah. No, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I haven't even thought about this, but just now um, we, before we got started, you were asking about whether or not we wanted to stay in the city Mm -hmm. um, after graduation. And I was like, I mean, our kids would be different living here than in Virginia, even. Mm. I mean, the diversity, I mean, a lot Mm. of things that they would encounter here wouldn't right the exposure to different people yeah which can also be a negative thing that people want to protect not not Mm -hmm. like people but situations and um, places Mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah but I mean yeah our kids could be Chicagoans (laughs) (laughs) Chicagoans I love it um as much as I feel like I could talk about that for hours and hours (laughs) I do want to ask you of course like, well, I want to say, like, describe what, like, ESL is, if people don't know, and then, like, what you, I, I, I'm fascinated, like, what do you do on a, like, day-to-day basis? Like, what's a day in the life of Rachel Vasquez, or Vasquez? Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, tell me those things. correcting you. Yes. I can do that. 
Yeah. The, it's funny when you first said it, I thought like vast quest. I don't know why. Like it's a vast quest and vast I don't know. <laughs> a lot of my students call me Mrs. Baskets. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure where that came from, but the beginning of the V sound very similar when you say it in Spanish. Mm. So yeah, mm-hmm. baskets. Mm-hmm. ESL is teaching <laughs> as a second language. It has a lot of different names. Uh, it has a lot of different acronyms that go with it. Right. ELLs are English language learners. Some people talk about English as a foreign language, which is a little bit different. Um, a lot of uh, my degree is technically teaching English, TESOL, teaching English to speakers of other languages because they don't want to say mm-hmm. as a second language because it may not necessarily be their second language. It could be their third or their fourth language. Um, that is good to know because I always said second language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like when you ha- see the O in there, it's speakers of other languages. Mm because it's more um, accurate to the students yeah. most of the time. If they're universal the too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My day looks a lot like, um, oh, some people think that I teach Spanish to little children. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that my grandparents actually think that I teach Spanish. <laughs> the ones in that, Indiana. <laughs> yeah. That is not true. I do not teach Spanish. And a lot of people... When I tell them I'm an ESL teacher, they ask me what language I speak, which is great that you assume that I'm also learned a language. I think mm-hmm. everyone should, if they're teaching speakers of other languages to speak another language, you should uh-huh. have to experience that. But not all of you them think do. everyone should learn a new language, like every, let's say American, like should every American know a language or no? I mean, if it doesn't. If you don't come into contact with people who speak this language, if you don't have any reason to use it, mm-hmm. you're going to forget it. I yeah, mean, yeah. maybe plan a trip to visit and learn some words, learn how to say some phrases. Mm-hmm. But if you're living in Plainfield, Indiana, you have to <laughs> speak Russian because you're not going to come into contact with anybody who speaks Russian. Right. And then you're going to have all of this. And it's more of people think of it as a skill. And it's not mm. a skill. It's mm. a relational tool that you can use to connect with other people. Mm. And maybe you're going to make a pen pal or like talk to someone on Facebook from another country. Great. Mm. Then you have a reason to learn the language. But if you don't, I mean, use that time to invest in other things that that help your community, that can help you connect with people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. I wanted to know your opinion. <laughs> yes. Um, I do speak Spanish, but I don't teach Spanish. I do speak Spanish occasionally with my students, um, the beginner levels who need that um, directions in Spanish, but we mostly just speak in English. I, at this school, I work with guided reading usually. So I pull out scholars into my classroom and we have a reading group and um, we talk I add more things in there that they need to know about vocabulary they might not be sure about, pronunciation, and um, some other things that they have gaps in because of Mm -hmm. their language uh, knowledge. And then we take tests. We're actually testing these these weeks, uh, this past week and next week. Wow. um, Do you work with a specific age range or? I do. I work with kindergarten through second grade. Okay. So yeah, I see about 40, 50 
50 kids. And you only work with kids that speak Spanish, that with Spanish. Um, that's just at this school. So I, yeah. where I worked in Virginia, um, the s- students who spoke Spanish were maybe about like 30, 35% of the ESL population I worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, there was right. a large um, Afghani refugee population who spoke, mm-hmm. um, who spoke Farsi. And yes. I had some from Saudi Arabia and Egypt who spoke Arabic. I had some from different places in South America, but um, also the population yeah. there because it's closer to DC, probably that. Yeah, the population helped. was very different at this school yeah. specifically. All of my language learners did originally their home language is Spanish. Do most of them speak Spanish in the home or no? Um, this is actually very sad, uh, um, is that some of the kiddos cannot speak Spanish and mm. they hear Spanish and they can understand Spanish, but they respond in English and their parents, um, some of the times cannot speak English back to them. So they can understand each other, but they can't communicate directly with each other mm. very well, um, uh, which is kind of sad. I like yeah. them to be able to keep their home language as well. I don't want to this is a moral dilemma in my job sometimes is, mm. is you don't want to emphasize English right. over the other language. You want mm. to include English so that they're able to succeed in school, but not at the expense of their home language. And what that really comes down to is the families. Uh, the mm. families will decide if they um, want to continue teaching them how to read mm. and write and mm. be literate in Spanish or not, um, because mm. that's not something that we can do. There are schools that have bilingual programs and I would right. maybe love to do that one day. But um, <laughs> Well, it's funny because I had a friend in mm-hmm. um, high school, Natalia, I think you know her or okay. knew of her. Did you, yeah. do you remember her? Um, yes. Which she, her, they spoke Spanish in the home. And I remember her telling me one day, like, I think we were just hanging out and she was texting her mom. And I saw, I was like, oh, do you, and she texted her mom in Spanish too. What, I don't know why that specifically, I was like, oh, duh. Like, obviously you speak Spanish to your mom in the house. But then like, for some reason, the texting part, I was like, wait, how difficult must that be that like, like if you're texting your friend, you're texting in English. And then if you're texting your mom, like, Hey, or whatever, like you're texting in Spanish, like mm-hmm. that's so, I mean, I guess she was just used to it, but in my brain, I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You have to be literate in both languages, which is tough. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about a day in the life of what you do. A day in the life. Um, I get to school at seven 30 before seven 30 and I get ready to do my, um, to welcome the scholars into the building. So we go mm. and help them make sure they have their temperature and mask and everything and yeah. take them to their lockers. Um, and then what I do is I will teach whole group for kindergarten and I will teach, um, I co-teach with the kindergarten teacher the kindergarten teacher teaches the scholars that are in the building and I teach the scholars that are online. So we will do the same exact lesson. We'll parallel teach and I'll teach it online and she will teach it in, in the building. Um, mm. That just works best for this classroom. And yeah. then 
the next thing that I do is I go get some scholars and I have a hybrid small group. Um, so I bring some of them into my classroom and that rest of them are up on the smart board. And we um, go through some sight words together. We go through their letters and then we read a book and write about it. And then time and lunchtime. And then I have, um, depending on the day, I will either have mm-hmm. second grade or first grade. And with second grade, I will push into the classroom and I will monitor the students that are in person while, um, while we do a lesson. And sometimes I'll teach with the teacher depending on which day it is. Um, mm-hmm. Some lessons are virtual and some of them are in person. And then I have a first grade small group. So I go out and I pull my scholars who are in the building I have my scholars who are online and we have a hybrid small group. And then, and then your day is done. And then I have to go. um, (laughs) Yes. And then I have to go help with the dismissal process and I Mm. help walk the kiddos to their car. And then I have uh, soccer. I coach soccer. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Wow. What a long, busy day you have. I'm again, I'm just like, wow, I'm so thankful you did this. Um, <laughs> I did want to ask, and this we may have already talked about this. So excuse me if we have, but what are like big misconceptions about like ESL teachers or like things that you've kind of coming common? Obviously you talked about your grandparents, mm-hmm. like thinking you teach Spanish, but Yes. Um, Some people think I teach Spanish. Other people, even teachers are like, you're just a reading teacher, like a reading specialist. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's not what I do. Uh, There's actually like specific things that um, that a language learner needs that is not just for a low reader or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, some people don't take what I do seriously because I am not a classroom teacher um but it's specifically what the Lord has called me to do and it's what I love um and I love all of the students that I get to work with and help them on their language learning journey um and you mentioned you touched on this a little bit earlier but I didn't get to talk about it which was that my husband Chevy Sebastian actually learned English as a second language when he was in second grade and he remembers um being at school and being on the playground and not being able to tell not being able to play with the kids because they couldn't understand what he was saying right and um then, and he remembers his, his teacher that he had, Ms. Rodriguez, his ESL teacher, um, who helped him to learn English. And wow. the hope is that one day my kiddos can grow up to be, <laughs> I mean, the man that, that my husband is or do whatever, you know, have those opportunities open to them hmm. because of English. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. That's yeah. So awesome. Um, before we get to some fun teacher questions about teaching, I want to ask what kind of like, I always like to ask people like what advice you would give to people that maybe it's just like general teaching, if teaching in general, or I mean, you can even get a specific of like what advice you would give to people that are looking into ESL. I think it it, it is a very specific um, 
track of teaching so what right. what what have you kind of seen in your experience so far of like advice you would give to people um i would say don't pigeonhole yourself um into i need to be this classroom teacher i need to be this bubbly personality mm-hmm. and have this in the classroom because honestly classroom teachers do make up the majority of the school but they're not, I would say they're only like 70%. There are plenty of other teachers. There are speech language pathologists. There are counselors, social workers, ESL teachers, you know, reading specialists. So many other people who work in a school who do not have the same job as a classroom teacher. And when I was actually studying in college, I was like, I wonder if I should just study to be a classroom teacher Mm-hmm. And I was having panic attacks about it. I was like, I am not, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. 30 kids in the classroom all day long <laughs> uh, for a whole year. Like, right. I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't think I have the stamina, just the, mm-hmm. even the personality for that. And um, I still don't think I do. <laughs> I still think <laughs> I'm exactly where I need to right. be. You know, even special education looks different everything looks different when you're in it so don't be like I can't be a teacher because I can't be xyz because I don't want to do this because I don't want to work with kids or whatever um there are so many opportunities of ways to pour into these kids that are different and for specific people with um specific interests so try it out I mean you might be fit for a school counselor, language pathologist, or something like that. Yeah, you find what best fits the need if you want to work in a school mm-hmm. or kids. Like you find maybe the yeah teaching specifically isn't the right fit for right. you. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, that's great. That's great. I love it. <laughs> um, well, let me pull up my my notes. Oh here. no. <laughs> so. Excuse me. I've been telling people that, like, it technically is like a lightning round, but you can take as long as you want <laughs> to answer the questions. I promise they're like fun. They're like fun and light. Okay. They're not like hard at all. They're very. I have fun. the I reflexes can... of a potato. I am I not like on my feet. <laughs> well, listen. Everyone loves potatoes. It's I don't know anyone yeah. that does. Like they're so versatile. I really think if I was any like food I would be a potato because how many things can you make into it like everyone loves potatoes, them french yeah. fries baked and they're potatoes. natural yes and that yeah. yeah God made them so I know yeah um so the first one Rachel Vasquez is what is your best um funny kid story so like interaction with a kid and during your job or like it in in um, st- even student teaching I guess you had experience with that too so what what do you have any fun stories about okay I would say my a fun story from this year that comes to mind is obviously the scholars were at home and some of the scholars were unsupervised while they were doing school online this is fine um but one of them had um some chickens who lived in her house and every time we and Chevy would, went over there and, and <laughs> oh my <just> goodness 
<laughs> Every time we would do our brain break, um, the, the kids have these little brain breaks where we do a little dance or whatever for a minute or two um, to get back on track of where we're going. She would ask if she could bring Nugget and Nugget was the name of her chicken. And so she would <laughs> hold her chicken and she would just dance with her chicken. Yes, her chicken's name was Nugget. And um, because what does she have? Chicken nuggets. So what is she going to name? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We're not sure where Nugget is now, but um, yeah, no, maybe she in her belly. Maybe uh... <laughs> who, who even knows? I know. And she would dance with nuggets every day. Nugget became um, chicken nugget. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Chicken. Yeah. Nugget the chicken. Yeah. Um, and it That's was just story. the like, cutest like, thing. But did you have that moment of like, am I going to laugh out loud or am I going to allow a chicken yeah. to be in my yeah. classroom? Yeah. Who can even tell? Like during yeah. this pandemic, I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Bring your chicken Are you going to teach that chicken English? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> she did want to bring it for the whole class. And I was like, no, this is where I draw the line. Nugget can yeah. only come for our brain breaks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's wise. I think that's yeah. wise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you've had this um experience yet, but what's the best Christmas present you've ever been given? I don't know if you've Christmas had present. That yeah. This is another thing that's very sad about not being a classroom teacher is you don't get the presents. Yes. Mm. So you um, haven't gotten any anything yet or any type of present? Um, no, I, I do remember. So I got some presents in Virginia when I was teaching mm -hmm. this school is a different population and right. they don't like, that's not very common for them mm -hmm. to bring gifts, mm -hmm. um, for their Make teachers, the even their classroom teachers. But I remember I had this, this one kiddo who was a little bit obsessed with me. Uh, he was very, oh, well. very upset when he found out he was a first grader, Manuel. Uh -huh. He was very upset when he found out that I was engaged to be married oh. to yeah. my now husband because he was like, wanted to marry me. Mm. Um, but for Valentine's day, he got me a, like a little rose thing so cute it's really cute and you brought it home to chevy and said i you have competition. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome he was really adorable um what's one thing you think your students would be surprised to find out about you or excuse me your scholars my scholars surprised what's to find out about me yeah mm -hmm. i'm pretty open with my scholars they know i have a cat so um, I think they would be surprised to know that. It's totally I, fine if you don't I have don't an think answer. There's anything surprising about me. They know that I'm married. They know that I moved mm -hmm. here from another place. Nice. They know that I have a sister and a brother. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those teachers who's like, you don't know me. I'm like yeah so I'm hanging out with my yeah. yeah yeah um here's a picture of my husband I think they would be surprised to know where I live mm -hmm. because it's not I mean it's still in Chicago where where they're at but it's way different than living like downtown right. and I think they would be like what people live there like mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. live there 
because a lot of them come down here to visit and walk around the the river and everything but yeah yeah, they would probably be surprised to know where i live cool i love that um these are some would you rather questions these are some last last um three these are some um three would you rathers Mm -hmm. would you rather have a staff meeting every day or only get one school break a year oh my goodness a staff meeting every day yeah yeah. it would be quick it would be quick Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's not that many things to tell the staff it would just be quick (laughs) yeah it'd be hello and you know rachel brought donuts and that's it (laughs) um would you rather and and we've you you definitely touched about this i'm excited to see what you say would you rather have a class of 15 kids with all the worst behavioral issues or have a class of 50 kids 15 15 yeah i mean yeah (laughs) either way i would probably quit my job (laughs) i I would not be teaching much longer (laughs) yeah 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 i think you could do it i mean maybe i don't know maybe just one year i don't know um would you then this is the last one would you rather always have someone available to take over your classroom so you can go to the bathroom or have someone available to do your grading and paperwork? Oh, see, this is different. This is actually one of the things, reasons that I love my job is because I don't have scholars in my classroom all day long. So I can go to the bathroom when I want. Right. Not when they're in the class, but like on my way to pick them up or drop mm-hmm. them off, mm-hmm. I can go to the bathroom. Yeah. And also... I don't have to do grades. <laughs> right. So, so you get the best of both. You get both. I have both of those things right now. Yeah. yeah. I so, do have paperwork, uh, but it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I will accept that. And I love, I think it's great. I, I, I mean, maybe uh, one of the reasons why you went into it. <laughs> it. It definitely is a perk. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, of course, all the listeners know getting to the end here with, with, We've come to the end, Rachel. Can you believe it? Like, so I no. I truly thought in my mind, there's no way I can talk for an hour and a half. <laughs> you make it so easy, Jay. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> um, well, of course, all the listeners know that every episode I ask each guest two questions at the end of the show. And first one being Rachel Vasquez, if I was able to hand you a blank check and say, use this towards your passion. How would you use that? I had an answer that I thought up of, but then I decided I would change it right before this. And (laughs) I think that it would be to further my education. Um, I think I would like to, uh, I've always been interested in duly identified scholars. So I didn't, scholars who are students who are ESL and also special ed. Um, I, those are, that's what I would do probably is, is yeah. do more research and education to more, to meet them where, where they're at. Oh, that's awesome. Can I ask what the other thing was? The other thing was that the money would be for my church because I'm really passionate about my church and how they're involved in the community. And so that's my other passion is great. It's my church. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. 
And secondly, of course, and I also answer this question. So if you don't have one right away, I can also answer it. But, and I actually did think of one this time. Sometimes I have trouble thinking of it. But, um, what is something that you're loving right now? Because I love to end the show on like a positive note, send people maybe with a recommendation or whatever, but what is something that you're loving right now? Okay, this, I also had something, but then I changed it again. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I'm really glad you didn't give me all the questions beforehand Mm because I would not have done anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm really loving the show, The Amazing Race. Best show out there. I can only watch like one season at a time because they are very similar across seasons and then I can't connect with the character with the not characters the the people on the show <laughs> I mean they're characters um how much do you like when you're watching it like I could totally do this I think I look at my husband and I say we could never do this we could never do this <laughs> we would be arguing the whole time I would be sick on all the food Like, I would be so tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't don't know if Kat and I would do well. I think my sister and I would do well just as a a pair. Mm -hmm. But then again, also as far as, like, enduring. Yeah, I think some of the pairs that do the best are the ones who are not married or dating. Right. I think I think Chevy could do it with his dad or maybe with his Mm -hmm. brother when he's a little older. Mm -hmm. I think they would be great. Like, Chevy will eat anything. He has a lot of energy. Like he mm-hmm. could do it. He's Maybe strong. Maybe Chevy would do it. What? Could Maybe you would do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're like fun and kind of op- like opposite. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, maybe uh, uh, Isaac and I would be fun too. <laughs> that I think that would be good. Is this gonna get back into the conversation of who would you take overseas? <laughs> <laughs> who would you take on the amazing race yeah 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 <laughs> not my wife <laughs> no. she's not maybe cat and i cat and i could go together yeah i could see that yeah we could and you've do known it. each other for so long that i know yeah um <laughs> anything else that you're loving or that i'm loving oh i was also going to say that i'm loving because i didn't know if it had to do with school Something I'm loving at school right now is coaching soccer for third through fifth grade boys. Yeah. I I did not think that I would enjoy it at all. And these boys are <laughs> like so sweet. They're mm-hmm. literally like so sweet. I love them. That's and awesome. it's just like hanging out with them, playing games, kicking around the soccer ball yeah. a couple times a week. It's amazing. Yeah. That's I don't awesome. know what, what I was scared about. <laughs> I mean, good on you for um, putting yourself out there and doing that because I would not have done it if the person, the PE teacher was not very persistent, but he is very persistent and was like, you can do it. Like, you're so able to do this. And I was like, (laughs) maybe I am. Like, Isn't it funny how some people, and even if that was a lie in his head, not that it was, but like how some people can bring stuff out of you that you can't see in yourself. Like, absolutely. Yep. Exactly. Even if they're like, even if in his head, it's like, we just need a soccer coach. Like, it's like it's, it's, I will ask a rock anyone. will do at this point. Yeah. <laughs> What's your thing that you're loving? So I thought about this on the way home and the drive home. Okay. Well, first of all, the first one's a little bit silly. I also have two. Um, <laughs> I have been 
baking, not baking, making a breakfast burrito for myself this past week. And it is honest to goodness, like the best thing I have ever eaten in the, in the morning. It is so wow. good. And honestly, people like, you know, you have breakfast burritos at restaurants mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I can never do that. It is like the easiest thing to make in ever. You guys should totally wow. try it. I cook, I have sausage. I cook that mm-hmm. beforehand. And then I, I have bean like black beans or pinto mm-hmm. beans in it. And I cook the, I put some spices in the, on the beans and I cook all that beforehand. And then in the morning I cook my eggs and then I warm up the beans and the meat. Mm-hmm. And then I put it all in a shell and I wrap it all up with cheese. And then I put it, I put the tortilla on the skillet and then I fry the quick tortilla Mm-hmm. and then I cut it and uh, it's like it's just been like this week I've been like oh last week I did a breakfast quesadilla and it was okay but this mm-hmm. week the breakfast burrito is going to be staying wow no now Chevy's going to listen to this and he's going to be like make me a breakfast burrito <laughs> Chevy can do it come on he can do it that chicken and, and he can do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah so I'm loving that and um i'm also loving like it's such an old man answer but like the weather um (laughs) i'm also loving like my wife and i are both vaccinated we have a lot of friends that are vaccinated so we've been able to like hang out with a lot of our friends like we had a Mm -hmm. game night last night and like like things like that it's just like so incredible to like get back Mm -hmm. to normal. and like i had my first client the other day that we were both vaccinated and my company is letting us if if we're vaccinated we don't mm-hmm. have to wear a mask during the session so um even that I was like this is so, so weird nice. and strange yeah. <laughs> but it's just like incredible to like hmm. be able to breathe again <laughs> yeah. to breathe again and also just like be around people and be mm-hmm. safe and also so I'm mm-hmm. loving all of that <laughs> yay that's exciting yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I've been thinking this whole time, Rachel, is that you kind of are giving me in the and people will see in the photo I'll post like Miss Frizzle vibes with your <laughs> outfit today. And <laughs> like it's incredible. That's me. Yeah, you're in your inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for those of you in Chicago, in the Chicago area, um, Rachel will totally, you know, take you out and um take uh, you on the on the river. And- <laughs> And and her husband will like teach you how to skin a chicken. Not that like yeah. we always have to bring it back to that, but like <laughs> another callback. And um, yeah, <laughs> I've oh, been yeah. like, sure. you know, you would. T- I uh, yeah, I know you. You love meeting new people, so exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you again for being on the show. If people do, I don't know if you want, but if people want to follow you anywhere, or I know Chevy is taking pictures. Yeah. Um. Do you want to share where people can follow you at all? Um, and Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) And I have. I'm only laughing because of her face. For listeners, um, (laughs) I have Instagram (laughs) that I don't know what my Instagram is right now. No, it's totally fine. I don't know. I put this on you. I, I should have studied for that one. You should have mm-hmm. <laughs> told me. You get, a, you get a C minus. Know what your Instagram is. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's I okay. Um, 
Well, thank you again. I love you. And I'm thank so you, Tay. You did this. Um, no, for yeah. everyone listening, of course, go and follow Passion Project on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, passionproject.pod, um, all of that in the description below. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, leave us a review and uh, comment below and all of that. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, thank you again. Lovely to talk to you. And, um, you know, we just inspiring we were you know this month we're doing teacher appreciation month so we appreciate you as a teacher we yes we <laughs> me we we at passion project okay? we at, Jeez. yes <laughs> i appreciate you as as a, i'm just so used to saying we i don't know why you should it's just like the royal we yeah the royal we exactly yeah. it's a it's a my show is like basically as royal as the world yeah exactly yeah well thanks again and we will see you guys next time bye